You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network. Hi, my name is Pastor Dave Engman, and this over here is Scott Brecky. Say hi, Scott. Hi, everybody. Today, we have a special guest joining us, uh, author of the book, Change Course, Leslie Jackson. Leslie, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thrilled to be here. For the benefit of our audience, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, how much time you got? (laughs) I'm not young, I'm in my 50s, so I've got quite the story. And God came to me a few years ago and just was trying to tell me that I wasn't dealing with all of my past issues. And Mm. we all have stories, but God really wanted me to work through my story in a healthy way because I wasn't doing it in a healthy way. I was just kind of locking everything down. I had a lot of walls up. And so God came to me and told me to write. I didn't really consider myself an author or anything, but I just felt I needed to write. And it was an amazing healing process. But yeah, if you want to get my book, it's just my journey. And like I said, it was a healing process. We all have stories. And the reason I ended up publishing the book, which was not my original intent, is because I think there's somebody out there that needs to know that you are not alone. We all have been dealing with things throughout our life. Mm -hmm. And I am far from perfect, but with God, He helps me through all of these. So I just try to encourage people that, yes, I have a story and you have a story. And I published mine. I self-published it. But the only reason I did that was because I want to encourage you that you have a lot to offer. And hopefully that by reading my book, there will be something that will spark something in you and it'll help you heal so that's the only reason i became an author is just i, I love people and i want to help them and i, I love god and what do you tell us me. about what the book is about well it starts off which was i can, it was so hard for well, me first to of all talk what's about. the title it's change course yeah. yeah one lady's race from acceptance to adventure because the acceptance part i had a really, well, a really rare skin disease that's called urticaria pigmentosa. And so when I was one years old, I had red spots over my entire body. And for me to Mm. even say this now is like a miracle Mm. because it was something I truly hid my whole life. So in in school, I had to wear long sleeves, long pants, lots of makeup on. I mean, I covered my red spots because otherwise I would be teased for them. Mm -hmm. And so that was huge in my life and for me like I said to even talk about it let alone write it in a book I mean that was such a healing process for me to go through that but it talks about that journey and then my um, father left our family when we were you know I was like seven years old and my brother died in a tragic car accident when I was 14 he was 16 I got pregnant at 17 got married right away got divorced got married got divorced got married got you know get the idea. Um, I mean, but it's just 
one thing after another, but changed courses because I was on the wrong course. I mean, I kept mm -hmm. going into this ditch, going into that ditch and taking wrong turns and everything. And I think God's head was just like spinning. He's like, okay, enough, enough. And he's <laughs> like, I need to stop. I need to stop her and step in and help her. And I mean, he was always with me and my mom raised me as a Lutheran. So I had somewhat of a basis and she constantly was praying for me. So mm -hmm. thank you, mother. She's up in heaven. She's mm -hmm. she she really laid the foundation for me um, and, and loved Jesus dearly. And I didn't get it, though. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. I had I didn't know what was going on. I was just kind of clueless. I was just making one mistake after the other. It was just I was in a roller coaster of errors. I made lots of errors. And finally, yeah, God came to me actually a few years ago. He healed me twice with a ball of light. A ball of light. It was light. literally a ball of light came from across the room and healed me on two separate occasions. And I'm like, okay, God, you have my attention. Wow. And from then on, I mean, my life changed drastically. And then, yeah, then I ended up going to Karis Bible College and graduating. And I mean, mm -hmm. Um, so this is not my complete life. This doesn't talk about everything, but oh, and I forgot to, um, I raced cars. So on dirt track, I, so it does talk about, that's where the adventure comes from that I'm a race car driver. And so that's why it's acceptance to adventure. So the acceptance mm -hmm. is accepting myself the way I was. And then adventure is I'm kind of wild and crazy. And mm -hmm. well, I saw you, you've got a Harley. I have a Harley Davidson <laughs> yeah. and I've been, you know, I've done skydiving and racing cars. And so the adventure part, I, I, I love having fun and yeah. enjoying, but that's, that's just a little bit about so me. You also wrote a follow up to it. Yes. A, a workbook. Is that correct? Yeah, like I said, I'm not alone. I'm not perfect, but God definitely got a hold of me and helped me deal with a lot of the issues. But he had me work through everything one step at a time. And mm -hmm. that's how I wrote the book. But then this is a companion to it because I love you guys and I want you to heal. And so this is a workbook. And so this is kind of the process that I went through with God mm -hmm. on trying to help me heal. And I, I just want to help you guys in, in any way that it, you know, will help you. And I hope that it does bless you. But this is a workbook and it, it talks about all of the different chapters and things that I worked through. So these, they, they go hand in hand. They do. So it's called Reclaim Control of Your Life. Yep. And, and it, it gives you enough information that you do not have to have this to do the workbook. If you sure. just want to jump right into working on, you know, sure. in, on your things. Can you, yeah. Can you tell us how somebody can get a copy of that? You can go to my website, jesusvictory.com, and there'll be a link on that website, jesusvictory.com. And there's a, a book link that you can go to and it's on Amazon. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, we'll get 10 copies away to the first 10 people that, um, Respond to the posts from our podcast and or video. The first 10, Perfect. we'll get 10 copies. Sounds Sound good? good? That sounds great. great. Thanks so great. much for being with us today. Yeah. Yeah. We are so excited to just kind of continue to uh, dive into what God's doing with this particular uh, segment. Um, break. Uh, so we want to welcome all of you. We want to welcome our audience yeah. as well. Yeah. We want to thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm. We want to remind you too, it's ultimately our goal to lead you into a deeper, more uh, intimate relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And this is the bonus video to 
episode one as we go farther and discuss topics that come up as the result of the scripture that we covered in the episode. So again, the show notes will be linked in the description of this video. All right. So in this episode, we read Genesis 12, 1 through 20. Mm -hmm. I got it right that time. Yeah, you got it. And that's about God's promises. And I got God promising a nation to Abram. Before we dive into this discussion, let's pray. Mm -hmm. Scott? Yep, let's do it. Lord, um, we're here to dive deeper into your word. Lord, I'm so grateful that um, your word is just living and active, Lord. The more that we look and the more that we dive deep, we find newer, mm-hmm. greater insights, Lord. And that's what we're here to do in the bonus video, Lord. We're here to have fun and just talk about things that each one of us, um, you're speaking to each one of us in. So just guide this time in Jesus' mighty Jesus name, name, amen. Amen. Well done, amen, amen. amen. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm just going to review the, the main or the key points that we covered in this segment. Um, I came up with uh, four facts, God's call of Abram to the land of Canaan. Mm -hmm. The second one was Abram's obedience to this call. The third, his welcome, if you will, to the land of Canaan. And then the fourth one was his journey to Egypt. And that included an account of what happened uh, to him there. Uh, that included Abram's uh, flight and, 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 and his faults. Mm-hmm. One, one, one fault in particular we'll talk about today here in this uh, bonus video. And then uh, Sarai's danger and her deliverance. So, um, yeah, I want to I, I just I want to go ahead and just open this up by starting to talk uh, only after I've given. Uh, Leslie, an opportunity. So Leslie was in studio when we recorded. Were there any questions about that first segment that we did that you'd like in our episode that you'd like to discuss or anything you'd like to bring up? I, I see you want to talk about altars, and that just kind of brought back a memory for me. And like I said earlier, where that I was healed twice with a ball of light. Mm-hmm. And altars to me are just something that it brings back to our remembrance and, and we honor God and we worship God at those altars. And so when I was healed twice, it was in my bedroom. Both occasions I was in bed and the ball of light came from the same location across my room. And so I put a cross on that location where the ball of light came to me. And it, it is a great remembrance of what God did for me and how mm. he miraculously healed me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of relate that to the, the altar that it's just a remembrance of what God has done for us and, and a place that we can worship mm, Him. And so that just, good. right away when you were talking about that you wanted to discuss altars, I'm like, I have one of those at home because God is, is so mm. amazing and touched me. How did God heal you? As, or what did He do? What, the, what did He heal you of? What so was the your... first time I had been hemorrhaging for two weeks, just horrendous, terrible. And then... That night after two weeks, I was just laying in bed and I was going to actually go to the doctor the next day because I had said, I called him and said, you know, what's going on here? I don't know. I've been, you know, hemorrhaging for two weeks. And like, well, you better get in here. So I'm like, okay, I'll come in the next morning. But that night before I, I went in, I was just laying in bed and all of a sudden my heart started being extremely fast. And I think I was maybe having a heart attack because of all the blood loss. I don't really know. But anyways, I'm, I, I'm awake in bed because my heart is just beating so fast and I'm just like kind of like paralyzed with fear maybe you know I don't know I was just laying there I didn't know what to do and then 
Mm. A ball of light, it was about like about like this big, came from across the room to me and then just enveloped me. I could my whole body just felt wow. healed. Uh-huh. And then just peace and relaxed. And the ball just kind of, it just like vanished after that. I mean, mm. it, it healed me and then vanished. And then I'm just like, it was just felt wonderful and peace. And then I just drifted, drifted off to sleep. And then the next morning I woke up, I'm like, what happened last <laughs> night? That was crazy. I mean, I remember clearly, I remember everything what happened. I didn't say anything to anybody because I'm like, who's going to believe that? Mm. That was weird that was really strange you know mm-hmm. so i went about my business and then two weeks later that i got a horrible cold or flu i don't know what it was just you know from head to toe i just felt miserable all over so again that one that night um two weeks later i was laying in bed and i'm just i couldn't sleep because i felt so horrible and again a ball of light comes from the same location and that's why i keep doing like in an angle because The ball of light didn't come to me straight on. I can picture where the ball of light came from. And all of a sudden, it enveloped me, and I'm just like, oh, totally healed me again. All symptoms of what I like said, whatever it was, some severe cold, whatever it was, totally healed me. I'm just like, oh, just felt at peace and wonderful. Again, I just drifted off to sleep. Next morning, I woke up. What was that? That was crazy. So two times in a row, I'm like, wow, what? that was crazy. Again, I did not say anything for a little while because mm. I'm like, well, yeah. how, do you, how do you talk about that? I mean, yeah. the, you know, it's been a while before, you know, this sure. has happened years ago. So that's why it's easier for me to talk about it now. But So what you've done then is you've since put up a cross. At that location where, where the ball location. of light came to me, yes. And so that cross to you represents an altar. Yeah, to me, yes, it for, yeah. for sure does. It's just like I said, I feel like altars are remembrance of what God has done for us. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, Abraham regularly, it said in the Word mm-hmm. Scripture that we read, it regularly built altars for God. And we talked about, uh, and it actually kind of lays it out, really for two reasons. Number one, to praise and worship God. Yeah, for I mean, sure. that's, that's certainly one reason. Yeah. That we build altars, but then the other one is to, to is a reminder, yep. uh, really a reminder of God's promises to mm-hmm. us. Um, one thing that I took note of is the fact that Abram couldn't survive spiritually without regularly renewing mm-hmm. his love and his loyalty to God. So as I was reading through mm-hmm. Genesis 12, 1 through 20, that was one of the things that stood out as it pertained to these altars that he constantly needed. Mm-hmm. Um, this renewing, and I think yeah. we all need that yeah. renewing. Um, what else do you think about when you think about Abram creating or building these altars? Do you do anything else come to light? I just in the Bible it says it's so many different places where after God would do miracles, and He's like, "Okay, make sure you put a bunch of rocks there to remind you." Yeah, so yeah, this wasn't like the first time. I mean, it's it's in the Bible many locations for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, the one that sticks out to me is they cross that Jordan. the Jordan. Yeah, they stack those stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, every time my someone sees this, my sons, daughters, yeah. every generation that sees this, it's gonna remind us that God led us through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting in. In this particular verse 7, it wasn't up until after the Lord had appeared to him, then he started to build these altars. So it mm-hmm. says, then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said this, and then he built an altar there. Mm-hmm. And then he traveled on, and then he built an, another altar there. But um, what do you guys think of the Lord's appearance? Do you think that was uh, 
you think that was Jesus in the in the flesh? Do you think it was, you know, um, could it could it be that you experienced, you know, like God is light because it experienced that yeah. that was part For of me, His being, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I just thought that was that was kind of interesting. What do you guys think of the Lord first? I mean, this is the appears, first time it yeah. says the Lord is appearing to to Abram. What do you guys think that was? I know it could be a little speculation, but I'm just, I'm just wondering. Yeah, like I said, the light always comes to me, whether it's just a form or the outline of a, a shape of a person. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Dave? What, what verse is that in? Uh, seven. Yeah. The Lord, oh, there it is. So yeah. Then Lord the Lord appeared to Abram. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really give details. Like, like to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, it just is kind of like, you know, he gets this, and we talked about that in the episode of being... You know, it's a it's a hard thing, right? Leaving your your native area, going towards that area, but for the Lord to come and to appear to him was almost like reassurance. Like, okay, the Lord has really said that He's really going to give me you know this land for my descendants. So for the Lord to come down and appear to him was like, I feel like assurance for him saying, "Yep, you're doing the right thing. I'm telling you to do this." Sure. So it's confidence building for him mm-hmm. to do it. So. Well, I mean, the word itself gives itself away. He certainly didn't just speak to him, or he would have said, the Lord spoke oh, to him. Right. So he clearly appeared to him. Oh. Um, we we don't know in what form what it looked like, what right. that form is. It's like you said, it's pure speculation. Mm-hmm. But it was right. obvious enough to Abram mm-hmm. right, that, mm-hmm. that um, he believed him. He believed it was God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever built an altar or had the desire to, yeah? I've built a few wooden crosses. Okay. You know, I like, I do oh. woodworking and stuff. So I built uh, I, I built a 12 foot large cross for my dad to cool. put up at his resort to oh, nice. put that up there for even guests to see and stuff like that. So um, I'm thinking about at my house. I don't know. I, I haven't. No, if I put anything well, we're, there. We're sitting in an altar, and this is a room was an altar to the Lord. Right. And then the one next to it, the upper room, was an altar that we built. Mm-hmm. And then downtown at the equipping center, all the work we're doing there is the process of developing an altar for the Lord. Sure. Even in the sanctuary upstairs where you built that, that um, what do you call it, the podium. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we put the stage together and Mm -hmm. you know i mean we've we yeah uh, you know and i think too regular worship helps us remember Mm -hmm. god and really helps us remember what god desires from us which is his presence it's Mm -hmm. his attention it's us giving his Mm -hmm. giving him our attention Mm -hmm. uh and and it it motivates us to obey him and i think that building altars helped Abram, as I think yeah. it helps us remember sure. um, that God has got to be at the absolute center of our life. I mean, you put an altar in the middle or at the center. You don't put it off to the sides. You know, you put it where it's significant, but even if it's off to your side, like your scenario, yeah. it's still in it's, front of you. It's, it's always in front of you to remember, in, yeah. right? So I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. Why yeah. would God allow famine in the land where he was sending Abram? Maybe to build his faith. Obviously, God had good intentions for him because he says, 
you know, he's going to build a great nation out of him. So you can kind of see the end result. Okay, you're going to get a great nation. You may have to go through a few things to get there, mm -hmm. but it's going to be a great nation. So yeah, maybe to build the faith. I don't know. Some people may not know what a famine is too, I think. Oh. So um, don't isn't it just like a lack of resources, a lack of food, which then mm -hmm. would make you go to somewhere where there are some? So I think it was a strategic part on the Lord of saying, all right, well, if, if this happens, it's going to get him to, to go somewhere and do something. So um, do you think that that's, do you think that it was the Lord who caused this to happen? Or do you think this was just like, I mean, I think that like, you know, trusting in God, like he brought him to the land. When, if he brought him to the land of Canaan, wouldn't he provide everything he needed? Like, I don't necessarily think he needed to go down to Egypt because the Lord was, of course, going to provide for him mm -hmm. if he was where he was at or if he was going to go down to Egypt. So, um, so uh, was I mean, it really the Lord who brought the famine on to get him to go there? Or was it just, you know, his lack of like, Oh my gosh, there's a famine going on. Oh, okay, we don't have the stuff here. We got to go somewhere to go get it. So he's going somewhere other than going to trusting in the Lord to provide for the things that he needed. That's an excellent question. Would God cause a famine? What do you guys think? Would God, <laughs> yeah, would God cause a famine? That's an excellent question. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. Yeah? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, we saw the 10 plagues. Right. God caused a lot of things to happen during, you know, we don't, we haven't read about it yet in this right. yeah. Bible breakthrough. But, um, and, you know, in my research and in my study, um, you know, what I've concluded was um, that God did cause that okay. famine. And the reason was to test Abram and mm. test his faith. And Abram passed. Um, you know, what we learn as we read here mm -hmm. is that that Abram did not question God's leading when facing that difficulty. And it's a challenge, I suppose, to us, right? When we're facing difficulty, are we going to question God? Uh, are we going to question his leading? Are we going to question the direction that he's bringing us? Um, or uh, are we going to be obedient and just do? And I think that's part of what we're seeing here. It, it, not all of it, but mm -hmm. I mean, let's remember the fam. It, it says here, at that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan. That's the land God yeah. proclaimed, the promised mm -hmm. land, the land that he's sending mm -hmm. Abram to. And so, yeah. I don't know. Um, but let me ask this question. When when you determined, and I'm speaking to our audience now, when you determined to follow God, mm -hmm. did you immediately encounter great obstacles? Mm -hmm. um, and when you did, or if that was true for you, did you second-guess God? I want to encourage you to use uh, the intelligence that God gave you uh, as Abram did when he temporarily moved to Egypt because of that famine, and he waited for a new opportunity, and at the right time, he went back. And the right time came at the hand of other things, other circumstances from the Pharaoh, but at that point, God opened the door for him to go back. 
So it's really, you know, I think it's just interesting. It's something for us to ponder or consider. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got to think about um, when we read the Word, how does it apply to our lives? I think mm -hmm. that's an, uh, an honest question mm -hmm. to ask ourselves. So, all right. I want to talk about the lie. Because I, you know, I the think... Lie. <laughs> or half-truth or however you want to look at it. <laughs> right, right, right. So, we get to, let's see. At that time, uh, he lived, okay. Verse 11, as he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife, Sarai, look, you're a very, you're a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this, this is his wife. Let's kill him. Then we can have her. So please tell them that you are my sister. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. I think so many people today mm -hmm. can relate to that because of fear. They're scared. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us can go, well, yeah, but I, I had to say that because otherwise they were going to do this, you know, kill me or whatever. So, I mean, I I think, you know, I can relate to that where I maybe said something I shouldn't have, but it seems like afterwards I always regret it. I'm like, oh, why did I say that? That was not right. I, you know, but to be honest, right, once in a while you say something that's not quite true, but afterwards I always feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. But what would would you say it was a lie, or would you say it was a half truth? I'd say it's a lie because I mean, he was obviously married to her, and so being the wife, I think, was the utmost thing he should have mentioned rather than, oh yeah, it's my sister. Well, okay, yeah, so it's kind of my okay. half sister, but yeah, he left out the wife part. I yeah. think so. I I call it a lie. Yeah, sure. I call it a lie too yeah. because <laughs> I mean I think of the word truth. You can't have ninety nine percent like. Truth is truth. There's no halves in it. It's either a lie or it's true. So I don't believe in half truths. That doesn't yeah. make that doesn't make sense to me. But the fact is, is she was his half sister. Was he? Yeah. Or was, was she? she? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but still, I think the wife part was pretty important. That you would think you'd want to mention that. But what is that? What what farther does like what else does this reveal? Right. I, I look at Lack it and I of, think, yeah. right, it, it shows. Yeah. Now, you know, for those of you who've read ahead <laughs> or read the Bible or are Christians or raised as a Christian, you know that Abram becomes Abraham, the father of our faith. Mm -hmm. And he was known as the greatest man of faith. Yet here it shows, it reveals, at least from my perspective, it reveals the fact that he was lacking faith that God would protect him against these Egyptians. Right. Right? Yeah, I agree. It's just, yeah, I mean, I don't know any person that has never, they, never in their life have they ever told a half-truth or a lie. So, I mean, it shows his humanity. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, he was imperfect, which we are all imperfect. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like I said, I think we definitely relate to that. But it doesn't excuse it, but, yeah. Yeah. But it just I mean, one thing I wanted to bring up too that it actually gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> like I said, I, I'm I'm not perfect. I'm never going to pretend like I'm perfect. I've made 
many, many mistakes, but it just gives me so much hope by reading this that God used him mightily, even though he, he did a half, you know, half truth, whatever you want to call this yep. thing. I mean, he wasn't perfect. And like I said, I'm far from perfect, but I really feel like God is going to use me in some way. And, you know, I think he's using all of us in some way, even though we are imperfect. So I, this, all of these verses gives me a tremendous amount of hope. Mm -hmm. That is the number one thing I actually get out of this, this reading that we've been going through is that I have hope that, mm -hmm. like I said, with my book, it just kind of shows all of my mistakes, mm -hmm. but I, I really do think God can use me even though I yeah. have made a lot of errors in my life. Yeah, very, very good point. And that's true. I mean, if, if Abraham or Abram can, um, if it can be revealed that he has a lack of faith at a certain point, yet God still used still him, used God him. still protected him. Yeah. God still blessed him. Mm -hmm. God's a God of promise, keeps his promise. He's yeah. a promise keeper. He still made the nation of, of Israel from his descendants. Jesus came through those mm -hmm. descendants. Right. Right. So I think I think that, you know, one of the things I I like to think about when I read the Bible is God doesn't hide things from us. He hides right. them for us. So we get to it's like going out panning for gold, you know? If you've ever done that, you know, it's 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 fun. You get, but what you're looking for is that golden nugget, right? And that's when I get mm -hmm. into the Word, it's like that. I want to find these little things that yeah. God has hidden for me to find. Just like He's hidden gold for us to find in streams yeah. or in mountains or whatever. I want to go dig it out. Yeah. What that's what I get to do. I'm curious what you found this time. Because that last time, that was, that was I had no idea with the name thing. You know, with uh, Tara's name. So what, mm -hmm. did, what did the Lord show you this time? Well, that's what we're talking about, brother. <laughs> well, I got the hope out of it. My, my golden nugget was hope. It gave yeah, yeah, me hope. How about you, Scott? What did you get out of it? What's your golden nugget? Well, I just, I, I would agree with that. Um, but I just can relate. You said so much, but just specifically for what I'm going through and what he's called to do, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm picking up on. It is, it's not easy, but God's going to be with you. Mm-hmm. And then here's here's something interesting too about this, and it, this goes under the kind of my final point anyway, at least my final thought. Um, God uses everything; He doesn't waste anything. You know, we know that the Bible teaches us that um, you know if the enemy comes against you, um, that even even the things that the enemy uses against you, God will turn and he will for use for our good, for, for those good, who yeah. are called mm -hmm. by his name to him, for his purpose. And it's an example of that. Mm -hmm. So God uses the Pharaoh to move him back to Canaan. But, you know, can you imagine being the Pharaoh, being Pharaoh at this moment? You know, he, he, I mean, he was really, I mean, he recognizes the fact that he was lied to. Mm. And what that meant. Like, you are married yeah. to this woman, and you didn't tell me that. It's kind of and a big then, deal. <laughs> but but here's, here's where we get to see the Pharaoh's powerful, the most powerful mm -hmm. man. Yeah. Why didn't you just whack him? Why didn't <laughs> you just kill him, you know? Yeah, just take him out. Yeah. Take him out. Yeah. But no, he says, get him out of here. Just get him out of here. It's almost as if God, again, 
And we get to see later on in future pharaohs what, what God does with Moses mm -hmm. and the pharaoh in Egypt at that time. What God does, how he uses the pharaoh to show us how God will harden hearts and soften hearts. Harden hearts is right here. He softened the pharaoh's heart and said, get him out of here. You know, get him out of here. You know, you gotta you gotta have a little empathy for him too, I suppose. I suppose a little, maybe not a lot, but you know, I mean, he's like, What have you done to me? He recognizes that somebody this man did something that's gonna cost him. And it right. did cost him <laughs> a lot. And he even was given he even was given, you know, it says he was given goats and sheep and cattle. And I mean, he left. Right. Even even when he, you know, technically I would say did something wrong, he even left with more than what he came with. I mean, he was, he obviously went there because of the famine, but he left with what he probably needed. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, God still provided, even yep. though. That's what I said. It gives me hope. Yeah. God still provided, even though there was lots of mistakes made. Yeah. Yeah. All right, anything else? Any other questions? Any other thoughts? Last thoughts, parting thoughts? Just, yeah, just there's a lot of detours, but God still kept his promises. So, yep. God is amazing for sure. Amen. Okay. Well, <clears throat> let's not forget about our application. We're not going to dive into application because we dove into that during the segment. But as Scott and I like to say around here, what good is knowledge if you don't apply it? It's worthless. So application yeah. is incredibly important. I want to encourage you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit yes. regarding yeah. application. Yeah. And uh, as we've had these discussions, maybe God's pointed out a few things, unlocked a few doors for you for the benefit of transforming you. And so um, pray into that. Think about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. How about you? What is God showing that you can apply to your life? And again, we always say like, you know, struggle sometimes is good. Mm -hmm. Struggling through it, wrestling through it develops our, our character, develops more faith. Even though when we go through the midst of it, sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but it does. So, and you're not alone, you know, our, uh, our audience, you're not alone. I've been there. I'm sure Leslie's been there. Pastor yeah. Dave's been there. So just hang in there and keep, uh, keep joining us on this, uh, the greatest story ever told. Oh. Yeah, thank you for being a part of this, Scott. Thank yeah. you, Leslie. Yeah. Uh, we really enjoyed uh, having you here, and we want to thank you, our listening audience. We look forward to you uh, seeing you again at our next meeting together in Episode 2 of Era 2 as we continue to read the greatest story ever told. Mm -hmm. Thank you, and God bless. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and will join us again for more of the Bible from B.C. to A.D. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook, share it to your page, and continue to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. 
This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.